Our episode today is brought to you by Surfshark. When you're surfing the web, you should be protecting yourself through Surfshark's secure VPN. I am consistently on the road for my job. And if you're like me, you are using all sorts of unsecured public Wi-Fi connections to watch things like Netflix and YouTube. Surfshark keeps other people on the network from tracking me against my will. Take that, NSA. Surfshark has many different servers located all around the world, and by routing myself through one of them, I can avoid government censorship, I can also access region-locked content, and I can even avoid those bogus location-based market charges. I use Surfshark from home to block ads and remove any trackers and malware. We go to all kinds of questionable websites trying to find content for the show, and Surfshark helps keep us safe. You can check it out and get over 80% off a two-year subscription with two free months thrown in by following the link below. All that for about $2.30 a month. I like it. I like it a lot, dude. Now back to the show. What do you get when you take three crazy and opinionated real guys, real friends, butting heads over different issues? A night at a gay bathhouse, you say? Close. This is the Almost Tomorrow Show. From world events to crazy shit on the internet, and definitely reacting to Karens. Could I speak to the manager, please? It's loud and in your face, but we have fun. Welcome to the Almost Tomorrow Show. And here are your hosts, Jamie Flores, Mo Wadan, and Nathan Collins. Welcome to another episode of the Almost Tomorrow Show. I'm Jamie Flores, and as always, sitting here with my homies, Mo and Nay. How you guys doing today? Oh, hey. What's going on? We have a show today. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. So today we have Veronica Meeks, a member of the Lakeview Paranormal. I know I'm interested. The boys are interested. <laughs> tell us a little bit about how long you've been involved in the paranormal. Well, been into the paranormal my entire life been a part of Lakeview Paranormal for the past six years and um, love it. Absolutely love it. That's awesome. We, the three of us have been talking about this all week. We've been excited uh, to get into this field because, you know, we've all had our own experiences in this field, but never really had somebody who works in the field come and actually talk to us. So, Dare I say a professional? <laughs> a well, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely like, professional. That's freaking awesome. Yay. So tell us a little bit about Lakeview and and how you got involved with them. Okay. Well, Lakeview Paranormal has been around probably, oh, maybe 12, 13 years. And uh, several years before they asked me to join, what actually happened is through my job, I met a couple people that were um, on the team and they invited me to, you know, through discussions and talks that we had off and on at work, they invited me to go on a couple of uh, investigations with them because they found my interest in the paranormal as well. So I did. And after a few investigations, they liked my approach. They wanted to ask me to join the team. So 
on my birthday in, in 20, what a birthday present for real. in 2015 yeah they made me a cake and then, you know we were supposed to be having a quote unquote meeting and basically they you know gave me my t-shirt my hoodie and said will you join oh and of that's course, pretty cool I, good old initiation yeah, I was thrilled. So I joined and we've been to a lot of different places and gotten some good evidence. If you haven't had a chance to go to the website or to our Facebook page, um, we have some evidence out there. Absolutely. So, Plug the know, website. Take it for what it is. You know, it's www.lakeviewparanormal.com and it's Lakeview Paranormal, all one word, uh, on Facebook as well. If you want to go to our Facebook page, Great. we do, um, we do a lot, but, uh, you know, we'll link with the... COVID with COVID, yeah. we had a little bit of a, you know, slowdown. So we're trying to get back up to speed and, and get going to haunted locations again. Well, yeah, that's kind of every occupation right now. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down slowing down COVID, because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. I just think it's going to be really difficult to get all these, uh, ghosts and demons fully vaccinated <laughs> back to work. <laughs> but I'm sure we... I don't think they have to terribly worry about dying. <laughs> hey, we're going to take it one jab at a time, one you jab. know? Oh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of anti-vax. Oh, <laughs> shame <laughs> on them. <laughs> so let's... Let's take it here. So where, what was your favorite location to, to check out? I would have to say my favorite location is the Hotel Conyat. Mm. Um, a lot of stuff happened there. It's very historic. And that was the first personal experience that I've ever had with the team. Um, so it was, was yeah. this your very first time out with the team? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. So that had yes. to be great. You yeah. Know? It was awesome. Kind it of being awesome. skeptical of the team. Like, hey, you know, are they are they good? Well, like, you don't know. Fit, you know, you're you know? feeling each other out, trying to see if this is a good good match, you know, or what yeah. this is all about. That sealed yeah, the deal. absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they told me that I just, like, fit right in with the group, you That's know, awesome. because we're all kind of, um, I don't know how to say <laughs> We're a little bit raunchy. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're fitting right yeah, in with this yes group. You <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, we are a little bit. You know, I got a question for Veronica. Can you give us a, a little bit of historical background to uh, to this location that you're exploring here? Um, the Hotel Conneaut is very, very old. Uh, it started off as like a resort kind of thing. Um it was a place for people to gather, for people to come out in the summer because, you know, there's a lake right there and there was a beach and there was a dance hall. So if you were a mm. little more um, averse to city life or wanted to get out into the country setting, this oh. was the place to go. Wow. People would have weddings there. Um and then later on in years, they ended up building an amusement park um, adjacent to the hotel, which operated for quite a long time, actually. When my kids were small, we took them there. It was a nice old park. Um, we did not stay at the hotel. We just, you know, went as a drive, did the the amusement park and drove home. Wow. Had no idea about the haunted history of the hotel. 
So when we went in and, you know, we approached this, um, one of the people that actually worked for the owners of the hotel was a member of our group. And she got us in there to do uh, an investigation. And this was before they had fully renovated and reopened to the public, which they are now. So we personally had like 12 of us. This was the run of the place. And so the first thing that that happened is several of our members were sitting in the lounge, Mm -hmm. which was like a bar area on the first floor, you know, in the dark with some equipment running and talking and just being nonchalant. And a cabinet door opened on its own behind the bar. Just on its own. Yeah, on its own. Wow. And we're like, okay. All right. Who set that up? Who's pulling the strings? And of course, you know, nothing. And and the kind of uh, latch on the door was the kind that you actually have to open up. Mm -hmm. So you have to turn it counterclockwise out of where it sits. You know, you're not going to open it without moving that latch. So it unlatched itself and opened up. So we've done, we did um, a close of the door, a relatching if Mm -hmm, you will. mm -hmm. And this happened several times again. And then it happened on different doors. So this, this was kind of bizarre. You know, when you get actual that quick, actual evidence, it's wonderful. You know, this is like Holy Grail stuff for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, you know, we, we kind of went off into our separate little, you know, duos, you usually go off in groups of two or three. Okay. Um, I had my daughter with me at the time, my youngest daughter, who was, I believe, 16 at the time. And uh, we went up on, I believe, the third floor, and we were walking up and down the hallway and just, you know, talking into the um, voice recorder Mm. to see, you know, if we could get any kind of response and we both stopped and she looked at me and I looked at her and I'm like, do you smell that? We were smelling smoke. And I'm like, well, okay, let's look and turn the flashlights on and see if we see anything. And there was no smoke or anything. We didn't hear any alarms. Nobody tried to, you know, I'm like, well, I don't think it's a real fire, but we're getting a smell of smoke. There had been a point in time where that hotel had had a fire. So Veronica, like, is this typical? Uh, of the sites that you you survey with your group, or is this this kind of like exceptional in the amount of activity? This is kind of exceptional because contrary to what you see on shows on TV that are going to remain nameless, not every re- not every question gets a response. They don't come out on cue. Um, just because you're there on any given day doesn't mean it's going to have action that day for you. It can be dead silent and nothing. And then you come back in a month or two and you've got activity, you know, I can't tell you how many hours of dead tape we listen to literally no fun for sure. I mean, you know, you're, you have a show, you got to keep it interesting for the viewers. I understand that. So uh, a lot of places that we go to, we don't get much or, not too much. We might get a couple of responses, but you got to figure, you know, the, the dead are people just like us. And if somebody keeps coming into my house, asking me the same question a hundred times, I'm yeah. going to be like, Oh my God. <laughs> we really stop. So yeah. you said that they sensed reopened. Yes. They are open for people to come and stay 
at the hotel. They've done weddings there um, and receptions. So they've really, really done a nice job with renovation on it. It's a beautiful old girl, that hotel. So, since, really so since the reopening, have they had any any activity, any you know sightings since then? They've still had some activity. And in general, you'll find when you're renovating a place, that's usually will amp things up or kick it up either because they sense more energy and there's people there and they want to come out, tell their story, Mm. be heard, whatever it is, or they don't like what you're doing, or maybe they do, you know, as far as renovating, but they kept it true to the original place. So they've not done um, anything major that would have drastically changed the layout. Now, Veronica, I have a a question. Now you said you, you've been with Lakeview Paranormal for the past six years, but you said you have experienced this for a lot. You've experienced the paranormal for a lot longer. That is true. What was some of your first experiences when it comes to the paranormal? When I was about eight or nine years old, so it was just the old gentleman living up there, but shortly after the old woman passed away, I'm in my room, it's nighttime, and I just feel like the the room somehow changed, something shifted. It, it's hard to explain, but you know, when you're more sensitive to it, you'll pick it up. It's just something about the air gets thicker or a little bit different, or a little bit charred. I heard what I thought was my sister shuffling in in her slippers coming into my room for some Mm. reason. Well, it wasn't her, right? Nobody walked in. I just heard the shuffling. They stopped, the footsteps stopped by my bed and I heard like breathing, a little bit of labored breathing and kind of got a little bit panicked. You know, I'm a kid. I don't know what this is. I I get panicked right now. I'm listening to it and I'm just putting myself in that situation. That is... It's, it's scary. Now, so it frozen for a minute, yeah. but then my first instinct is get the heck, get the heck out of the room, you know? So I fly out of my room. I fly into my sister's room and I'm waking her up and telling her, and she's like seven years older than me. So she's a teenager and she's like, just shut up, go back to bed. You had a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was nothing. So she discounted it as, you know, a bad dream, but I know I was awake and I know what I felt and hurt. I, I I believe it. I believe what you what you experienced was was for real. It for was sure. very and real. Yeah. Something inside you seems like you you have like an open door. Like you, you're one of the few people out here that can experience these things. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do you see that as a curse or a blessing? I think of it in terms of a blessing because yeah. when I was a kid, it was a curse, but. Yeah. Um, now when you can sense things as an adult, it's to me, I like being able to have that gift because I can tell, you know, if there's something in an area, I can let people know that I'm sensing something in this area. Not sure if it's good or bad, but it's off, you know, something Mm, until I get further detail, you know, or they want to make themselves known. A lot of times you don't know if it's good or bad until it's just there. It just is. Mm -hmm. So I err on the side of caution, but I want to give everybody the benefit (laughs) of the doubt that it's positive. I wanted to see if we can get your perspective on a couple of stories that we have that I know Mo's experienced that I've experienced that. I don't know if you've experienced that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Although 
my stuff is more, yeah. you know, dreams and and, mm-hmm. and whatnot rather than like waking experiences. Uh, so like subconscious. Yeah. Well, I mean, my grandparents have visited me after their deaths in my dreams. Cool. Yeah. And cool. uh, yeah, some some weird coincidental things, you know, happened after mm-hmm. the dream. After the dream. Yeah. Like <clears throat> just real quick, you know, my granddad uh, used to love to do stuff for us grandkids, but as he got older, he became less and less physically able to help out. And so the way that he would help would be by gifting us, you know, money and stuff. That was his way. Uh, when he died, you know, that, that kind of stopped, obviously, you know. But uh, he visited me in a dream, and um, after catching up, you know, he wrote me a check and handed it to me, you know, as a gesture. And, uh, you know, I, I woke up and I didn't think much about it, but a couple days later, you know, uh, I got a check addressed from him. You know, they found it. And <gasps> wow. Oh, my God. Gifted it to me. I was just like, mine, my mind was blown. Just absolutely yeah. blown away. That's um, deep. Like, that's yeah. super deep, man. Well, that, that's wow. a, that's a, that's a good one too, you know. I mean, that's somebody from from the it's other like side that's reaching out, reaching and, out, you know, yeah. and looking out, looking yeah. out, you know. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Wow. You're listening to the Almost Tomorrow Show, and now your hosts, Jamie Flores, Mo Wadan, and Nathan Collins. So, Mo, you, you got one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a couple, but I'm going to keep it short and simple because one of the the best ones to me that it still, you know, triggers me to this day is uh, when I was in high school. Actually, uh, I went to high school in one of the suburbs of Cleveland in North Ridgeville. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there was actually a, a story that everybody would talk about. It was one of, like, a myth that, oh, the, you know, the, the haunted place around here, you know, is Gore Orphanage. So I actually, I, I like Googled and I tried to find out where it was. And one time it was me and my friend, we took a ride. We were like, let's go check this out, right? It was actually me, my friend, and my brother. We took cameras with us. And when we were going over there, we had a full tank of gas. When we got close to the area of it, all of a sudden it was cr- it was it was crazy because it was like what you see and experience when you're watching a horror film or a scary movie because it literally it got foggy right we got we got close to it and it it just like fog just came out of nowhere right and we're driving and we're like whoa what whoa what like that's (laughs) weird you know it just got foggy and then our fuel tank went on e and we're like whoa what what's going on here you know like it was stopping us from from reaching over there and wow. so we we kept on we kept on and we actually got pulled over by the police the police officer it was like another sign was trying to stop us he goes oh he he already knew he goes you guys are trying to go to gore orphanage aren't you wow and i'm like yeah yeah he goes well you're not allowed you know you got to turn back you got to go back home so we did we actually we, we busted a u-turn and we we went back and we went over this little bridge and all of a sudden, our tank went back to full, just like wow. that. And then we were like, we stopped, and we're we're, we're teenagers at the time, so Freaking we're all like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> and we were like, okay, the cop is not gonna be over there. Let's let's hey, we have to. We came all the way over here. We have to go. So we actually <laughs> we busted a U-turn. We went back. Same thing. Instant. The fog came back, and the tank went back on E. But we 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 kept on going. Finally. 
we parked on the side of the road and it was kind of more like in the woods. Now the place is actually not there anymore, but the foundation of the gold orphanage was. Now this place was an orphanage that was burnt down and a whole bunch of children died. That was the backstory oh. Okay, oh. of this place. So all it was, all we seen was uh, like brick foundation of the building. And so we're there and we're just like, we're taking pictures. We didn't, we didn't actually experience anything, you know? So we're just there, just taking pictures and all. When we get back home and we looked at the pictures, when we were there, all the pictures had um, like glowing globes. Orbs. Glowing orbs. orbs yeah. Everywhere. It was, it was crazy. Wow. We wow. didn't see it, but we only seen it afterwards in the picture. And I was like, I can't believe we just experienced that because that's like the oh, spirits and stuff. Yeah, because wow. usually you see the orbs on you know as proof of the paranormal, right. and I say right. that's BS. You know, like yeah. that's that's BS. Yeah. But then to actually oh. experience it yourself and you, and it's never happened before. I can use the same camera now, and I wouldn't have the orbs. Was right? it uh was it during the day or was it at night? Oh, it was night. It, it was, was pitch. It was pitch black. Hmm. It was during the fall, but it, there was a lot of things that was that was weird that we've never experienced. To this day, I still talk to my buddy about it, and we talk about how crazy, how crazy that was. And there's no doubt in my mind that that was, I've experienced the paranormal. Wow, you know. So, Veronica, what's your take on that? Like, do you can you tell us like what your thought about those orbs are? Like, what are they, and what do they represent? I believe um, having not seen them live with my own eyes, but gathering them as evidence and seeing them after the fact, mm. much like you did, Mo, I believe that that is the energy of the spirit of whatever that is, whatever person, child, and you said you saw quite a few of them. Yes, it yes, definitely it could be them kind of hanging around visiting the last place they were yeah. maybe getting together for that final game of stickball you know right. you don't know what their what their <laughs> thought is yeah. or, i have a i have an experience that i want to get your take on because they happened there's two separate incidents that happened but it was all in the same house okay. um i went to go stay with my mom for a while and she had this room upstairs so she had her room my sister had her room there was this spare room on the side so i was like you know what? i'm just gonna take that over and and i literally had an air mattress a computer a dresser a box full of dvds <laughs> plugged it in there so i know everybody's dead sleep at this time so i go into the room and i just throw something on the computer to watch and i'm just laying on the mattress and I just hear doom, 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 doom on the door so hard, like my the bedroom door. And I'm like, oh, what the, you know, I'm thinking my mom got sick or somebody got hurt or something, you know. So I spring up, I open the door, and everybody's still dead sleep. Hmm. And I'm like, what the hell, right? So I go to lay back down. Literally, I put the blanket over, and I'm just like, doom, 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 doom. It's, it's like, fuck, all right, I open the door again, nobody. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go to sleep. Like, I, I felt something right there. I just didn't feel good. And I was like, fucking, okay, I'm going to go lay down. And I laid down, and the box of DVDs that was on the dresser literally got thrown on me. So I was oh just gosh. like, you know what? I turned the computer off. I put the blanket over my head, and I just went to bed. 
<laughs> shit started getting thrown in the room. And oh, I was man. I was 19 at this time. I got my ass up, grabbed my air mattress, went to my mom's room. I was an aggressive And laid spirit. down. Oh. Yeah. It, yeah. After me and that girl split, I ended up moving into the house. But I was like, I can't stay in that room. I'm going to take the basement. So I'm in the basement. You've been in the, the house. Yeah. So in the corner was like a little drain hole that was on the far end from my room uh, like where I slept. You can clearly see it. So I was laying down on the on my futon and I just happened to turn over towards the TV and I I opened my eyes and I see a a fucking guy like from the 40s. Hmm. Pants. Like I can tell you exactly what he was wearing, the haircut he had, and he was standing facing the wall in the corner was of the it room. Clear? It was clear as shit. Yeah. Like I saw I saw his clothes. I seen exactly I could tell you what hairstyle he had. And he wow. turned around and looked at me. And I was like, oh shit. And I just closed my eyes, turned over, and I just yeah, let it like, go. Wow. Your, so how'd you know yep. to close your eyes you, like, like it's not there. I'm not it's gonna not fuck there. with it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna antagonize it. How'd you know it wasn't, you know, some guy standing there in your room? He was pale as shit. Like I, I looked and he turned around and looked me in my eye and I was like, I'm not gonna let you attack me, you know. So I'm just like, Hey, I'll have my own personal barrier. I will move once you start doing something, you know? Right, right. But it would be interesting if you could get into the history of the place. I know you said it was a former um like military a military base. base or barracks or residence, but if you could get the history and try to see if anything specific happened in the area like if someone was you know attacked killed if there was any mm -hmm. violence at all in that specific location where you guys lived that would be something because it could either be something residual like on a tape loop that just keeps repeating or it could be something trying to let you know they need help to move on I mean, and that getting, may be their way of getting attention, but yeah, it seems stuff very violent. At me. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was, that was probably the most scary because I'm like, I'm telling my mom, my mom's like, why the hell are you in my room? You know, like, like right. she was completely oblivious to it. Like, sure, they didn't hear sure. anything. That, like, they were knocked out to the world, man. And I'm over here did, freaking out, <laughs> sleeping on my mom's wow. floor. On the air no. Did, did your mom or your sister have any experiences? When my dad, my mom was in the room and she saw how my dad got thrown down the stairs. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, yo, like, because he told her somebody who kicked me, you know, like right. he asked, like, right. who kicked me? She was like, yo, I'm sitting on the bed. My sister was in the room. There was nobody around her. Yeah. And we had this... like ankle biter dogs. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah. the dog bumped him. Wow. This kind of seems like maybe they were more antagonized by the males or they wanted to attack the males for some reason i don't know in in the house you you just you know you can speculate on a lot of things yeah, but yeah. without knowing the history but it's definitely very real when you get touched and you have more than just i'm hearing a voice or footsteps that's pretty intense and that takes a lot of energy for a spirit to manifest that like i saw this guy like I yeah. saw, I, when I looked yeah. over, I saw his entire frame, like That's from crazy. shoes to pants, shirt, everything. And then he turned around and looked. And I know I wasn't like, 
half asleep or anything. I was literally right. just laying down. So like, yeah, you were definitely wide awake. I looked wow. over and was like, oh <laughs> shit. And then when he turned around, I was expecting to see something like bloody or whatever. It was just a dude, you know, it wasn't like right. scary. So, but the, his presence was like super scary to me. Veronica, earlier you mentioned something about, you know, possibly having these responses be on a loop or, you know, repeating uh, yeah. or, yeah. you know, some other types of uh, manifestations like needing or looking for help to move on. What did yes. you mean by those? Can you can you kind of go into that a little bit more? Sure, sure. When sometimes when you have the same activity recurring in a place like you may see someone walking up a hallway going into a room and you may hear a voice or a footstep and and this is the only activity that is happening that could be more of a residual thing where they're kind of it, it just that energy just kind of imprints on the mm. environment and it replays it we don't know if it's just the energy itself or if it's an actual spirit that's just redoing that you know repetitive thing they did day after day like when I come in from work I sit down here and I go into that room and that's my day so that piece of the loop may just be playing and playing and playing it may not have any conscious intent Mm, Um, on the other hand something that's a lot more violent than what Jane like what Jamie experienced something like that they could be trying to get someone's attention either to resolve the issue um, maybe they had something happen there was a suicide maybe they're stuck in their death state and they can't move on and they're just trying to get somebody to listen to them and if the subtle things aren't working they're going to bang on your door they're going to toss somebody down the stairs like hey i need your help i need some attention um and then there's also the third thing which we don't want to think about but it could be something malevolent Mm -hmm. or something evil Mm -hmm. so um, you have to be careful. You have to tread a little lighter with that than you do just the classic voices, footsteps kind yeah. of thing. Well, yeah. Many people would really be concerned with the, the possibility of being possessed or haunted, you know, mm-hmm. by these things. And you know, just like, how do you protect against that? You know, you specifically in your group, when you go to these haunted places, how do you, you know, what, what precautions do you take? Okay, well, what we do, you know, before we go in anywhere, especially if it's known for any malevolent or possibly dark, bad activity, um, we always invoke the help of Michael the Archangel. We say the prayer. Um, We may Mm -hmm. say different prayers, and we ask, you know, the light and the universe and God, if you will, to protect us. Mm -hmm. Um, When we, if it's specifically, you know, pretty dark there we might like sage ourselves before we go in as kind of a protection um when we are done we also tell it whatever it is you you are not welcome to come with us you cannot attach to any of us you have to stay here and we'll sage and we'll put salt across doorways to keep whatever it is there at bay away from us and routinely in our homes we do the same thing like i'll go through uh-huh. about once a month and i'll sage the entire place um and salt sea salt at the doors um 
it's saying various prayers and uh, things to protect my environment from from that, from anything that could potentially attach or come along for the ride, as it were. So how effective are like uh, like stereotypical religious icons like crosses, like holy water, et cetera? Are they like a Hollywood myth? No, it's not. It's definitely not a myth. And if you've ever heard any kind of a documentary or anything from someone who is an exorcist in the Catholic Church, I have met one in my life when I was very young uh, in school and I went to a Catholic school and um, he had some interesting stories, needless to say. But the belief and the power comes from the belief in that religious icon. And Evil itself does not like anything that has to do with the good or the light or God. So whatever you have, depending on your faith, um, be it a crucifix, a cross, any kind of religious icon for others, you know, uh, in the Hindu religion or the Buddhist religion, it could be something different than what we invoke or what we use, but it has strength to them. And that gives them the strength to banish or refuse entry to the bad. So basically the power of faith in God is what gives the power to the item against the demonic. Absolutely. Because if you don't have the faith and you're just, you know, you go to the store and you buy a cross, but you're not um, a religious or a, a person that was raised in that faith. You don't really understand the power that it has mm-hmm. or that it can have. It's probably not going to do anything for you. So that that faith is what drives that, what gives mm-hmm. it its its power to work for you. My rosary ain't about to do nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an atheist to the core, so. (laughs) Yeah, but we never, you know, we never, like, poo-poo what people believe in. Oh, for sure. Your belief system, your religion, your spirituality is very personal to you. And what works for you may not work for me or Jamie. So you have to take it you know, as you go with these things. But um, I do believe definitely, you know, that evil does exist in the world, that there are, there is a devil, you know, there are demons, there are things that we don't fully understand. And to handle them with care and not antagonize is one thing. Um, But also not to try to do anything like an exorcism on your own, because you're, you're just going to piss it off. Yeah, I don't um, know what I'm You're doing. not trained. You don't know how the to do this. The power of Christ compels you, and so, then I'm over there. Just, right. Argh. Who would yeah. you go to? Who would you go to then for that kind of help? Uh, I would go to your spiritual leaders in your faith um, for exorcisms, even cross uh, other faiths will come to the Catholic Church and solicit the help of an exorcism. Mm, and it's very uh it's hard to get i mean it's not something they're just gonna say yeah yeah we'll send father joe out and he'll take care of it kind of thing it's it's exorcisms on discount (laughs) no no it's definitely got to be something that they deem is this is the only way these people are going to get help is if we help them and it's for sure you know it's got to pass certain criteria certain tests to be considered something that they would do an exorcism for it's not entered into lightly so what's next for you then veronica and uh, lakeview paranormal what's uh 
coming down the pipeline that you know people can look forward to to joining you with yeah hopefully there's a couple of places that we are looking at and currently trying to get um which i can't name because we don't have permission yet okay. Okay. to go into the places as far as uh bucket list stuff like we're what oh, are man. what are some of the the places that you uh, do you guys want to check out i think we would love to go to um there's a prison in i want to say it's in pennsylvania or west virginia yeah eastern state we want to go there um we would all love to do the lizzie borden house which interestingly enough i'm going to put in a shameless plug for my daughter who works for u.s ghost adventures oh yay And they, their owners have recently purchased the Lizzie Borden house. Mm. So I'm hoping that if we can all agree on a road trip, (laughs) that we can get up there and and do an investigation at the Lizzie Borden house. That would be like amazing for me. That's actually pretty. I've seen that you guys did like the Mansfield Reformatory. Yeah, we've done uh, that. We've done the Mark Twain house. We did the, um, Oh, gosh, we did the ships and the submarine in Buffalo. That okay. was pretty amazing. Have you, um, have you touched the Franklin Castle at all? Yes, we did. And uh, we were not permitted to release anything, any evidence on our website or our Facebook page because we kind of had to sign it for the owners. Wow. Um, all right. But, Let yeah, and then we find NBA out later on that Franklin other people Castle. were allowed because, you know, they have shows and they can pay money. So, so you had to <laughs> sign an NDA on that? We did, yeah. We weren't allowed to. I mean, we could talk about it, but we couldn't say talk this is where that. we got it. That's yeah, what we're doing. We're talking so, about it. Hold on. <laughs> talking about it. It's a pretty cool place. It is an awesome place. It really is. For those and, who don't know the Franklin Castle, it's it's a small castle. It's castle shaped house on Franklin Avenue, literally like, in the middle of the west side of Cleveland. It's in our backyard. Yep. That's awesome. That's why I would love to hear more about this yeah the the franklin awesome. castle has definitely been an iconic mm-hmm. site yes. on the west side of cleveland my entire for life. years i'm probably yeah. gonna get myself in trouble but i've actually broken in that place when i was a Uh-oh. teenager you know what i mean like <laughs> it was like it was an abandoned place and we actually yeah. got in that place because i i, I didn't have no experience or nothing but Mm-hmm. It was still, you know, it was uh, something like it was scary. Like, ooh, it, it was a good. prohibition house, and there was a yeah. A I mean, there. there was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff a happened. Lot of it was definitely a prohibition place. Yeah. Um, the current owners, uh, unless they've resold it, one of them is an artist, and the husband. I'm trying to think of what the husband does, but they are from overseas. Um, I believe England, and they live there most of the time, but they're renovating it. And mm-hmm. they currently, when they come into town, they will stay up on the top level. Cool. Um, so they stay the in castle. the house. Yeah, uh, from my understanding, it's fully beautiful. renovated now. It's, oh, it's beautiful. It, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So even with that, like, would you, knowing how much people have, you know, said that there's, they've been hit with stuff and push down stairs and mm-hmm. all that stuff that's in there people are still willing to go 
Yeah. Absolutely. Sleep there. So is it is it true? Is it true that I mean, did you guys actually have and and get we some had, real nice evidence? We had some things. We had uh, a good flashlight session, you know, interactive yes and no kind of things. We had some voices and things on our recorders. Nothing too personal that we experienced ourselves. Okay. Um, but again, it is a very, it can be a very active place. Um, I saw a show where someone said, oh, yeah, they found human bones in the wall. Not oh true. Oh, gosh. Wow. Not, true. Not, true. Not, not true. true. Not true. Not true. They found wow. bones in the wall, but they were animal bones. So Still it could have been, you know, a cat got in there and got stuck. Yeah, not human bones. Okay. So that's not true. That was sensationalized for the story. So why, why do you think you're not allowed to release the evidence? We can post evidence, um, but we can't say it was from there because they didn't at that point when we went there, they didn't want the publicity. They didn't want people trying to break in because they were in the middle of the renovations. Oh, uh, makes sense. And they have a person on site, like a caretaker that lives there, too. Um, but, yeah, they they just wouldn't. They're like, nope, you can't say it's Franklin Castle. Nope. Yeah. And just to That's... clarify, when I broke in when I was a teenager, it's past the statute of limitations. <laughs> and yes. uh, okay. it was, I'm not gonna get in it trouble. was like 20 years ago, okay? Yeah. Oh, God, that would double check just, that just in case any here. law enforcement is listening yeah, to no. this, you know. <laughs> I'm not implicating and, myself. And spell that name again. <laughs> and your mother's maiden name? <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend it if you, you know, anyone is listening and they want to go yes, to a place. No, definitely. definitely seek out who owns the place or who's responsible for it. If there's a fee that goes towards renovating, pay the fee, do it the right way, the legal yes. way. Right. Don't break in. Don't sneak in. It's it's just not. You'll just have a better time that way. Better right? experience. Yeah, I tried to. Collect yeah, it yeah. Right you'll way. you'll be more scared than anything because you know you're doing something wrong. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, we appreciate the time. Yes. Like we appreciate the conversation and bringing oh, us sure. a little bit more of the the paranormal. Honor. For sure. Anytime. And sharing Anytime. unique experiences. Um, thanks, you, Veronica. I mean, really. Oh, you're great welcome. Stuff. So Thanks for any plugs, me. anything else that you want to share with no, the guests? No, just U.S. Ghost Adventures. Go to them on their site. Um, they're on Instagram as well. And Lakeview Paranormal for sure. If you have anything that's going on in your house, in your property, and you want help, you can contact us there. There we go. All right. nice. Thank you. We appreciate the time. We appreciate the conversation. Um, like I said, with everyone, thank this Veronica Meeks. Please give thank her a round you. of hand. <laughs> yes, uh, hey. that's right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for coming guys. on the show, Veronica. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day. Right. You, you too. too. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. You've been listening to the Almost Tomorrow Show with Jamie, Moe, and Nathan. Three crazy sons of bitches raising hell. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. We have to get some shut-eye or we're going to be really hungover tomorrow. And until next time, you can hook up with us on social media. Find us on YouTube, Instagram, and on Facebook at the Almost Tomorrow Show. Till next time, don't let your meatloaf. loaf.